When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Minnesota Timberwolves got their most important victory of the season uh, last night, especially when you look around and see what else happened. Utah lost one at Atlanta, despite the way uh, that was a Timberwolf-like loss against a very mediocre Atlanta team. They went down there and lost. Portland got crunched. Denver had a bad loss. So it was a great night for the Timberwolves. But was anybody happy? Manny, was anybody back there happy about this victory? Anybody happy? Towns got 30. Wiggins made five out of five on threes and actually was reported to have made some uh, outstanding defensive plays. Nobody's happy. Everybody's upset because the fact Towns played 41 minutes and Wiggins played 39 or 40 three days from now when they had to play again, they're going to be all tired out. Is that is that the theory? That is, uh, well, it, it, you know my favorite my favorite line from my guy Zach Harper that uh, the Timberwolves could win the NBA title and people would complain about the uh, the parade the parade route. route. Yeah. Yes, but yeah, I mean, last night, I mean they got the win and it was fine. I will say it's like okay, you're up. Okay, Tibbs, you're up by twenty and there's two minutes left. Take the guys out of the game. Why? You know? Let him get thirty. Let him get 30. What the hell? They did take him out, actually. I thought he came out with 217 to go or something like that. Yeah, well, yeah, Towns was in for until about a minute and a half left. And, I mean, Teague, Teague was like the first starter to come out. And, and I mean, he, he played great last night. Where are where is where are all the Teague complainants? The last time I heard anyone been mention... been quiet lately. The last time I heard anyone mention Teague was when he went 0 for 12 that night, and he was the worst player in the history of man. Now that he's playing pretty good, uh, nobody ever mentions him anymore. And, and overall, too, Pat, Teague has had a really good year. Like, overall, he's had some clunkers here and there, but... Everybody on the team has had at least one or two clunkers over the course of the season. and But if you look at the overall product, like Teague's been fine. So people really don't have have a leg to stand on as far as complaining about you know him being a bad player or anything he's he's been good this year okay i have a uh, I have a new theory on basketball fans, especially nBA fans mm-hmm. now Viking fans think they're experts, right? I mean, are you with me, Reavers here? Are you guys with oh, me? Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. But they'll admit when they're wrong once in a while, right? Mm-hmm. You'll admit okay, when they're wrong. Sure. They'll admit okay. when they're wrong. You know, they'll they'll admit that, okay, by about, you know, halfway through the year, this team can't go anywhere with Case Keenum, right? Wasn't that the halfway through the year? They were going to be limited, yes. There, yeah, that they was couldn't it. do yep. anything. They'll be lucky to make the playoffs. And by the end, they said, well. He's not the reason we're going to lose. You know, he's he's pretty dang good. They can admit they're wrong. 
Twins players can, I mean, Twins fans, they can, they can admit they're wrong quite often, right? I mean, look in the standings. Last year, we thought they were going to be terrible, and they went to the playoffs. The year before, we thought they were going to be uh, good, and they went uh, and they lost more games than they ever lost. So there's a lot of in baseball. The season lasts so long, you can change your mind on a lot of things, right? You're you're permitted to change your mind in baseball. Mm-hmm. In fact, I have a very good friend that was a very dismissive of the Twins making the playoffs all throughout summer last year and finally yes, came around yes, to it. Yes, 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 he did. He kept saying that, uh, well, <laughs> it wasn't that person's fault that everybody stopped chasing them, right? <laughs> nobody, nobody. Kansas City, we gave up. I wasn't the only one who gave up, by the way. There's a guy named Falvian Levine who gave up, <laughs> too. He gave up, too. So, anyway, so they'll admit they're wrong, yeah. and I'll admit I was wrong. Uh, hockey fans, uh, they, you know, they're, I don't know, they, they go with the wind, right? But basketball fans, NBA fans, at least in our town, will never admit they're wrong. Yeah. Never admit they're wrong. They'll never admit they were wrong about Teague for Rubio. They'll never admit... They were wrong about uh, anything. They won't. They won't admit. They won't admit they were wrong about anything. <laughs> Wiggins is terrible, and when Wiggins makes five out of five shots, he's still terrible, right? He's. I mean, he's, he didn't get uh, enough rebounds. Yeah, he did. But he you know what? Uh, I, I will say this though: in watching the game last night, and again, I, I'm I'm very casual with the Timberwolves. I love basketball, but the NBA just kind of turns me off for a number of things. But anyway, watching the game last night. Watching the effort that Wiggins played with last night, and the, and it, you, it was a noticeable difference that you saw from him and last you just night. Want that to be more it, consistent. exactly. That's yeah. what that's what I think yeah. most Timberwolves fans would love to see more consistently than just once every ten or fifteen games. I think that's what frustrates but, Wolves fans. Here's the thing, though. But but you always think it's effort, right? You always think that a guy he didn't make any shots tonight because he wasn't trying. Okay, he was wasn't giving it the proper effort, but a baseball player goes over eight, so we don't say, ah, he's not giving it the effort. So, I mean, yeah, he does, uh, the he does float on occasion, but he's uh, he is not the he does not deserve to be reviled as much as he's been reser- rever- as as much as he's. Been I would reviled. agree with that. Yeah. It's not his fault they decided to pay him one hundred forty eight million, right? But it's like did, Joe, they, yeah. Joe, they gave him 184 million. Uh, you know that. What was he going to say? Hell no, I can't take that much. You know. So anyway, it's uh, they 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 will not admit they are wrong about anything. Timberwolves fans, and when you have your best game, your most important victory of the year, and now not over against a great team, obviously they should beat the Clippers at home, uh, but. And all you can do is bitch about Carl Anthony Towns playing 41 minutes when mm-hmm. there's three days between now and his next the, then the next game. The only thing I will say to that though, Pat, is as far as like last night goes, what what are what are Towns and Wiggins learning by playing garbage time with Sam Decker no, and, think, and Wes Johnson? I think Johnson? we're padding our. Uh, there were padding stats. But I does that really? Stats. But does that really matter? Like, do they need to do that? Like, I'm not. But, but, what, I'm, but I'm if more... he does, if he plays three minutes less, what have you accomplished? Is what I'm saying. That that somehow people are suggesting that if they get to the playoffs, Towns 
will not have as much energy because he played three more minutes on March, whatever the hell yesterday was. Here, here's what I will say, though. If, if they're up 18 points with two minutes left and Towns is still in the game and he gets hurt, you oh, know what well, people you, you, are you go know nuts. what's going to happen. Yeah. Somebody brought up Derrick Rose getting hurt in the playoff game when he shouldn't have been on the court. Well, yeah. you know, Derrick Port- Derrick Rose played 7 minutes last night and he sprained his ankle. So, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. to me you can't that's But you know like that's what oh, sure, that's what sure, the, that's sure. exactly what, what And that say. is yeah. that is what the explanation is. That's that's what I received last night as I started telling these people to. Uh, uh, I, I told the one guy that yep. had a Viking thing, and I said, "Just go kiss some purple butt and leave me alone." Right you know, on Twitter, <laughs> so stuff like that. I don't really follow the, the Cli- minute police. <clears throat> yeah, right. The, the, I don't follow the Clippers that much. Did they get better after they traded Griffin? Yeah, I mean they they've they've been they about. Are- the same. They, Doc Rivers has had a hell of a year coaching this. Yeah, coaching. they're they're not. They, really they've overachieved. Okay, like yes. they should okay. not. They've they've. I'm amazed that they've been hanging around the playoff race for this long, especially after they traded Blake away. And hey, I didn't look. How bad was the Houston Portland thing? How bad did Houston beat him? Out in uh, Portland. Yeah, they, they, I, I think that, it was. I think it was by more than ten. Hard. Uh, apparently, uh, the uh, Blazers had one of the nights when none of the three pointers went in. Yeah, that's I a think, bad combination. Dame and uh, and CJ McCollum. I think they combined for zero for twelve from three, Woo! which is. I mean, right. you're going to lose if that happens. So, and wait till. Uh, hey, wait, are we going to now feed Wiggy behind the line now that he's five for five? Or is that good? If are he's in the corner, that? if he's shooting him from the corner, hey, they, you know he'll do okay. Corner there, three. So. That was yeah. Tibbs. Anyway, Tibbs, I congratulate you, even though. Every other Timberwolves idiot fan in the town does not. So we'll be back. Twins uh, getting ready to play Pittsburgh here in uh, 45 minutes. Uh, The game is on uh, FSN back home, right? Yes, 5 o'clock, baby. And uh, I see that uh, Atterbury and Josh Wetzel are doing the radio. Josh is in here from Rochester. And uh, we got the we got the Duke uh, Bremer and uh, Bert on the TV cast, and the new ESPN crew uh, is here practicing. And then they're going to do tomorrow tomorrow night's game with the Yankees as a national telecast. And that could mean, even though I wouldn't be here, but that could mean they actually is that a day game or night game tomorrow Tomorrow, i thought was a day game i'll look it up i'll look it up must be a day game i guess it's the national game of some kind but uh that would indicate that maybe because espn's cameras are here you might get uh judge and stanton and at least some of the boys to show up oh sure yeah that would be quite a bonus for uh that would be quite a bonus for uh the uh the, the fans who have sold out the ballpark for tomorrow's game Twins, uh, what, three straight here at home, and uh, I think they're all sold out So, uh, for the, to end the, uh, end the year. Uh, before the uh, workout today, about 2 o'clock, Jorge Polanco uh, talked to his mates for the first time because 
Monday they had a road game to Bradenton, and the, the, the fallout of it was still going on. Tuesday they were off. They had an off day here yesterday. And now today they get the night game. So he just talked to them briefly, and then Molitor said something, too, at a team meeting. But that was it. Polanco was still in the clubhouse in his uni when we went in there about uh, 215 or so. Now, when does but, he have to be uh, away from the team? Right now. He's okay. Gotta, he's basically moving across the uh, the parking lot, and he can work out at the Twins minor league facility. Okay. And he will be doing that until he gets a 20-day rehab, I guess. So uh, whenever 80 games, and you know, if you get rainouts and uh, it, it pushes the schedule back, it pushes the... Uh, the suspension back. It pushes the suspension Really? Back. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, 80 games, yes. So he can go over and work out at the uh, minor league complex. He can play in those uh, spring... The, the extended spring training games, those are the kids that don't make one of the uh, teams, you know, one of the mm-hmm. A teams. Uh, they Four teams leave here, right? And then they don't really, the rookie league teams aren't staffed with players until after the draft, basically. Elizabethton and uh, the Gulf Coast League team down there. So they have what they call extended spring. These are the 18-year-old kids, a lot of them uh, from Latin America, who don't make a team. You know, they don't make either Fort Myers or Cedar Rapids. So they stay down there and play these extended spring games against other teams with extended, with extra players, and they play on a field over here. He can play in those games because they don't really count for anything. There's no standings kept or anything. And then he can go out on a 20-day rehab. But uh, beyond that, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's basically out of luck. And he does he loses his major league salary. I wonder if they, they can probably pay him a minor league per diem. I, I don't even know if they can do that. But this kid is he just he's a he's a new dad. I think the baby's like five months old now. Jorge Jr. And he's making no money. You know, he was making six, minimum. six fifteen, six twenty, six something. He has to give the, he has to he lose half. He loses half of that, so uh, he definitely is going to have to make a comeback here to uh, revitalize his career once so, uh, once this thing's over. So because of this, um, I, I don't think that there should be any uh, roster surprises. But if if Sano is also suspended, will there be a a, 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 a roster addition that we're not seeing right now? I, I I heard that uh, I heard today secondhand that they're going to sign Ibar. They have it till the twenty fifth. What's today? Uh, What's today's the twenty first. Twenty first. Twenty first. Okay, they have till the twenty fifth. Which will be uh, Sunday. Oh, Sunday, which is when they leave here. Yep. I mean, they leave here Monday morning, but the last game they have till the twenty fifth, and they probably won't do it officially till the twenty fifth unless he got hurt, you know, or something. Mm-hmm. And you know, then they then they could get out of it. But uh, yeah, Sano. Now here's a here's a theory on Snow. Tomorrow is the Twins' thirty for thirty, thirty teams in thirty days. Oh, that for MLB Network, yeah. Yes, day, and it's also ESPN broadcast day. I'm not sure that Major League Baseball or the Twins would want the entire day being spent on Jorge Polanco and perhaps Miguel Sano getting suspended. For yeah, five, that'd be a bad look for the old uh, squad. So I gotta, we're going to get a verdict here 
this weekend, but I got a hunch it might be Friday. Friday or Saturday, right? Yeah, Friday, maybe Friday. Uh, by maybe the way, Friday. yeah, 1 o'clock tomorrow against the Yankees, 1 o'clock Friday against the Strohs at uh, Hammond Stadium. Yeah, I got a hunch that uh, they're going to, because, you know, the the MLB crews here all day tomorrow, right. so they probably uh, don't want to say, uh, here we are, the Twins. Right. All their Let's talk suspensions. I did not, you know, I, I, sh- I showed myself to uh, be kind of gutless today. I was only in the clubhouse for 10 minutes because they kept moving things around because of Polanco talking to him and stuff. And I saw Lance Lynn over there, and I just said, you know, I should go over and ask him what he thinks of Alec Cobb getting a four-year contract <laughs> for, uh, what, 40, 14 a year? Something maybe? like that. Yeah, it was like get? 56 total, yeah. Yeah, uh, 14 a year. Uh, if he wishes, he'd waited, but I said, ah, hell, that's a beat writer's job. A fat old columnist doesn't have to do that, right? If they want to know, they can go ask. That him, is right? an odd development, though, than the fact that it was such I, I a soft Lance, market. But what Lance Lynn's a better pitcher. No. I do, too. Yeah. Everybody's, the, the word down here is Baltimore was bidding against itself. The Baltimore, Philadelphia, and the Twins were the three most teams most in on those pitchers. And Philadelphia then went and got Arietta. Yep. After the twins sign Lynn, and now Cobb gets the best deal, the longest term deal of all of them, and he's the worst pitcher of the three. Right? Is Cobb the a Boris guy? Got the, I don't think so. Because Boris sure. is a magician oh, when sure. it comes yeah, to a team he, bidding against themselves. Out. Yeah, yeah, he's he might have gotten. And the Orioles, this is you know Machado's last year, mm-hmm. basically. Adam Jones, I think, is a free agent too. I think they're. Like trying to convince the folks, come on out and watch us this year. We're trying for it because after this year, baby, we gonna stink. We gonna <laughs> we're gonna start off. We're gonna be one of those uh, tankers. So come on out and watch us, and then we'll uh, take our chances. So anyway, yeah, he got a hell of a deal, Cobb. Considering I, I, from what I heard, and I didn't hear this directly. I heard it again this second hand. That the twins didn't like Cobb that well. That they weren't that in on. Yeah, they, they don't. They they thought Lynn was a better pitcher. I was reading that of their choices, it was Darvish one, Cobb two, and then Arietta was third. I forget. Was it Nightingale that wrote that? that? I think when when the, for the uh, twins for the off season outlook. This was you know months ago that the no, speculation they was they that didn't, they weren't that big on Cobb. I don't think. I don't I think, think so they either. like Lynn. I think they uh, well. They were they were they weren't going to get any of them until uh, Lynn said he'll come here for twelve, and probably make fourteen if he pitches a certain amount of innings. But anyway, uh, yeah, they're uh, they're winding her down here. All right, we'll be back. The great Brandon Lang when we get back. A sweet sixteen starts tomorrow with some unappealing games. But uh, Brandon Lang from BrandonLang.com is back with us. Brandon, we're here for your opinion, but I want you to give you. I want to give you mine first. Are you ready? Yes, fire in the hole. Let's go. That was some of the worst basketball I've ever seen last week. The college, the the quality of play, generally speaking, was horrendous. I wouldn't go that far. Um, I I think when you look at this tournament as a whole and what it represents, it it rep- you're going to get bad basketball because it's conferences matching. But overall, it it represents the big upset, the buzzer beater, 
kids showing the emotion. Um, and once again, we captured that. You know, the the Houston Michigan final, both games yes. involving Loyola Chicago, the 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 subplot storylines of kids that otherwise we would never hear about, or teams we'd never hear about, or or kids that make shots that in that school's alumni history, their life is is much different than than, than what it would have, would have been. You know, there's a great piece on Sports Center the other day that if Louisville had beaten Virginia, you know, remember Louisville was up, sure. was up with point nine second, nine tenths of a second to go, yes. up, up two. All they have to do is inbound the ball, they win the game, and the guy, the ref tells him he can't run the baseline, hands the ball, he runs the baseline. Um, if Louisville wins that game, Virginia's not the overall number one. Louisville's in the tournament, and you never hear a UMBC. That's true. I agree with you. It's a domino effect of, well, now you have heard of UMBC. Now it's the biggest upset in college basketball history. So at the end of the day, it is what it is. And uh, I'll tell you what, um, when you break down this year's tournament and what's going on, it's going to be another great Sweet 16. I agree with uh, the the thrills at the end, but to me, it doesn't always make up for 38 minutes of ugliness, which we... uh, That's true, and if you watch the... The UMBC game, if you watched it against um, Kansas State, that was one of the ugliest games I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> All righty, so uh, uh, favorites and underdogs, what were of the, uh, of the uh, uh, 48 games over the weekend, how many uh, favorites covered? Well, no one's asked me that question yet, so I don't know. But mm-hmm. I can, you know, off the top of my head tell you it was a, it was a, it was a dog run tournament. A lot more dogs and favorites. I know that for a fact. Um, you know, you had a lot of a lot of dogs cover. I believe of the of the forty eight games. I would venture to say, just off the top of my head, you probably had 30, 32 to thirty five dogs. Hey, Brandon, how how did you, you know a guy? You're looking for form entering a tournament, right? You're looking for form. How can you say? How can you figure out form? Nevada was behind San Diego State fifty-five to twenty-five at halftime of their last game before the tournament. A and M had was threw half their players off the team through the course of the year. Texas Tech was terrible down the stretch. It would it had to be tough for a handicapper, man. Well, I'll explain all three of those for you. Nevada, if you look at their run here. They got two really favorable matchups that allowed them to make this run. Texas was a really good matchup for them, uh, and they came back to win that. Cincinnati, who struggles on offense at times, was a really good matchup for them. Um, but now they face a Loyola Chicago team that, in my opinion, is a bad matchup for them. Um, you look at A&M. They, too, found themselves with a couple of great matchups. They, they, they had a zone against Providence which Providence just couldn't get it going offensively. And then they faced the North Carolina team that, that they just outmuscled in the paint and was a good matchup for North Carolina. And with that being said, I'll segue right into the Michigan game as well as A&M matched up against Providence and North Carolina, in my opinion, is as poorly as they match up against Michigan. I don't know if you watched the Big Ten tournament, but the championship yes. game, Michigan just dissected Purdue, um, and they'll do much of the same to Texas A&M because Michigan – We'll, we'll spread them out and do what they did against Purdue. Michigan plays big teams very well. 
because they have five guys on the floor that all can shoot the three. And, and Botner's a, a matchup night for, for any big that's got to go away from the basket. And then your other big's got to help when Botner gets penetration because he can dribble and handle the ball. And their point guards, you can't stay in front of uh, their point guards. So Michigan's a great, great matchup for Texas A&M. I loved Michigan going into the tournament because I'm a big beeline guy, and I love the way they play in the Big Ten tournament. But we haven't seen their A game. Maybe we're going to see it this weekend, huh? Yeah, but but again, if you look at you know Michigan and, and you know they, they 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 played a feisty Montana team and handled them, covered the ten and a half, one sixty one forty seven, and don't discount what they did against Houston. That was a really good Houston team with a really good point guard, probably the most underrated point guard in gray in the country that nobody knew anything about. He led that team all year long. They're gritty, they're tough, and they play hard. That was Calvin Sampson's fault for not putting a man on the ball, allowing them just like, you know, Patino did against Duke, not putting someone on the ball in that Christian Leitner shot. When are teams going to realize you got to put a guy on the ball, you can't give him a free throw, but they did and they paid for it. So um, I, I'm, I'm high on Michigan getting to the Final Four now. Are you a Bayheim guy in the, in the tournament? I mean, uh, Michigan State. What they missed their last 14 shots against that zone. Do you how do you, how do you read Bayheim? That's you know what that's that's Izzo's fault. Why he would not put Bridges in the center of that zone and allow Bridges to handle the ball inside out. He just lets Bridges fire those threes on the perimeter, and I just thought that was a huge mistake. But Michigan State struggled against zones all year. But I'll go to my grave saying if he moves Bridges into the middle of that zone and allows Bridges to operate a la Magic Johnson from that middle of that zone, catch, he can drive, he can shoot, he can dish. I mean, it's why I didn't see that is amazing to me. Huge upset. I think they'll play Duke tough, but Duke handled them pretty easily in their first meeting, beat them, I think, 60-44. At Duke, they held Virginia, I think, to 29% from the floor, 24% from three. I just think it's a bad matchup for, for Syracuse. All those shooters, you got Bagley in the middle uh, to do what Izzo didn't do with Bridges. As well as Syracuse matched up in their first three games, they don't match up with Duke. Brandon Lang is uh, with us. Uh, so, do you... You, did you know this was going to be a tough tournament when your UCLA guys got beat right out of the chute? Yeah, it kind of, you know, there's no rhyme or reason this business when you're a handicapper like myself. To the, I lost with UCLA on Tuesday, came back with Texas Southern, nice call on Wednesday, lost a tough one with Virginia Tech Thursday, Providence right down to the wire, lost that boy a point on Friday, and then Saturday I lost Florida by a point and a half. So, ouch, ouch, ouch. <laughs> and just when people want to jump off the bandwagon and think the Titanic has hit Armageddon, I come back and give you a 31-point winner on Clemson Sunday, a 29-point winner with North Texas on Monday, and Penn State outright over Marquette on Tuesday. So, what you learn with me is don't ever jump off the boat, man, because we're just one play away from going from the outhouse to the penthouse. Brandon Lang, BrandonLang.com. You like Clemson? Again, I mean, well, they'll give Kansas is overrated, I think. Clemson will give a hard game, don't you think? I agree with you. The thing about that, Clemson lost their big man, and they haven't really needed him in their first two games. But against Kansas, with the, with the interior depth and the height that Kansas has, and as well as the guard play for Kansas. Much like I say that Texas A&M, it's a, Michigan's a bad matchup for them. Kansas might be a bad matchup for Clemson. But listen, I won the money I needed to win on Clemson um, for me on Friday. <laughs> I think the two best bets that I really like, first of all, I love Villanova 
If West Virginia gets turnovers, they're in basketball games. If they don't get turnovers, they struggle. And one thing Villanova does not do, they don't turn the ball over. I think that's a tough game for West Virginia. I love Villanova minus the points. And last but not least, I'm going to drink it. I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid. Chris Beard beat Purdue in this tournament two years ago with a point guard that you couldn't stop. He's got another point guard nobody seems to be able to stop. Haas is out for Purdue. I'll drink the Kool-Aid with Texas Tech. And my answer to you when you brought those three teams up about ten minutes ago, Texas Tech was banged up down the stretch. Evans had a toe injury. Two other people were out, uh, banged up. They're healthy. Evans is healthy. The time off helped him. Uh, Tech's a different team right now than they were down the stretch. Uh, Purdue, uh, yeah, without Haas, uh, you, you, that, that's the only that's the only region that's really got all the boys left in it, too, isn't it? Although, yeah, uh, yeah Kansas and uh, Duke are in there, too. So. Yeah, held, held pretty true to form, but Villa, Duke, Duke, will, Duke will handle Kansas. Duke's got the guard play to, to take care of Kansas, but the problem facing Duke is they can, just like Tom Izzo can't beat Coach K, Coach K can't beat Jay Wright. So Villanova goes to the Final Four, and then Villanova will probably play Michigan in the final, and uh, you can crown Villanova your national champ. All right, I like West Virginia though. I know you, there's a, you got good reasons for not liking them, but I like the meanness that they play with. I always like Huggies teams though. They're just not they're, when they play really good teams. There's a reason why West Virginia can't beat Kansas. Bill Self hasn't lost to Bobby Huggins yet, and there's a reason why. Because when West Virginia plays smart teams, they're not the sharpest tools in the shed. They're in the shed, but they're just they don't play like the sharpest tools in the shed. So. Villanova's a pretty smart bunch of boys. Kansas State, the worst team left? Yeah, they're, that's another game that I think ends up being a 20-point burial. I really like Kentucky a lot. They're just uh, they're on a roll. They're on an absolute roll. you got to look at it this way. If Davidson doesn't hit that late three um, against, uh, against Kentucky, they've covered nine of their last ten games. That's how hot they are against the spread right now. Keep an eye on Kentucky. How was uh, Vegas over the weekend? Hopping? Unbelievable. Ridiculous. But, but you, had, you had a couple of games that brought men to their knees. You had the, the end of the Kansas-Seton Hall game. That there was a three-point game. Kansas was laying four and a half. Uh, Seton Hall's got the ball. Uh, they inbound. Seton Hall gets called for an offensive foul. Kansas makes two free throws. Um, Seton Hall comes down, down five, three at the buzzer, lose by two, cover the number. <laughs> that, just, that destroyed lives in Vegas. And the other one was, um, was what was it? There was a, two buzzer beaters at the buzzer. Uh, Miami went to the line, up one with two free throws, lane one and a half, and uh, the kid missed, and then Loyal Chicago hit the jumper at the buzzer. Um, so, yeah, I, I said on your show, you want to see grown, man, grown men brought to a knees crying? Just hang out in a sports book Thursday, Friday, the NCAA tournament. Okay, I got one last big picture question for you. Uh, uh, Bill Pullian, a man whose uh, enormous ego can never be satisfied, and uh, the, the Ebersol kid, they're telling us they're going to try to start a football league a year before uh, uh, Vince McMahon starts his league. Will a second-rate football league ever get bet heavily out in Vegas? No. It'll get bet, but not heavily. Yeah, because they don't know. There'll be action. There'll be people walking up betting it, thinking they can handicap it. But bottom line, I'm Brandon Lang, and if I don't release it, it's not worth releasing. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, sir. Hey, do you do golf? You don't do golf, do you? No, I'm, I'm, I'm baseball, basketball, football. The majors, I'll put some stuff out for the majors. Um, so everyone's all high on Tiger Woods. I'll say yeah. it again. Tiger Woods ain't winning the Masters. Tiger Woods isn't winning a major this year. Tiger Woods, everyone gets all hyped up. He's done. He may play well. <laughs> he may he may lead you to believe he's back. But here's the problem: the guys that Tiger Woods is competing against now are so much better than the guys he was competing against back then. If an 18 year old Tiger Woods came on tour right now and had to battle these guys. He'd be lucky to win half of what he won. Yes, he'd won, he'd win, and he'd have a lot of success, but the guys on tour now, exercise. Turn on the first page of a PGA Tour tournament leaderboard on Thursday. There's guys on there you have never heard of in your life. That's the depth of the talent on the PGA Tour now. Tiger's going to have runs. He's going to get you all excited. But at the end of the day, he ain't winning. And that's why you are Brandon Lang, and we're happy to have you, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks, big dog. All right, BrandonLang.com. You know what he is? What? He's candid. He's candid. He's, and he also he's gave strong us strong in his opinion. The home run million dollar line. If Brandon Lang ain't be- handicapping it, you ain't betting on it. <laughs> no, that is a permanent soundbite on this that show. That is not worth betting on. That's Good right. job, big dog. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> so awesome. That's I think you guys should start calling me that. Yeah, big, big dog. dog. Big, big dog. dog. You know, Glenn Robinson, nobody forgets, nobody remembers him. I can be the new big dog. When Brandon right. comes on, he takes your show from the outhouse to the penthouse. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Ah, uh, very interesting thing out of San Ho- uh, San Antonio. Why did I almost say San Antonio? Uh, apparently, Kawhi Leonard, there were rumors last week he was coming back. Uh, Manu, he didn't show up for practice today. He showed up for the team photo today, but then left again. And Manu, Manu Ginobili uh, apparently has had enough. I don't know if you guys saw this. He no. said he's not coming back. Let's admit it to us ourselves. Let's stop talking about it. He's not coming back. He's not going to play for us this year. So the frustration of whatever is going on with uh, Kawhi Leonard has uh, reached its reached a boiling point. And as Manny, as we said earlier, the last place in the NBA you would expect something like this to happen. Yeah, I mean, you just don't. We just never hear this type of stuff in San Antonio, and it's got to be something pretty. What was Pretty the intense. Injury? What was the injury? Uh, well, he had, the, he had the injury that knocked him out of the playoffs last year when, when oh, uh, Zaza yeah, stepped on his right. foot. That's right. And then he had, um, I think it Isn't was a quad. A it was, I think it was a quad at the start of this year. Yeah. yeah so, and I mean, he he's, a, he's been I mean, banged he just, up. He apparently will not play until he gets his max contract or something. Very weird. And uh, the Popovich said today... Uh, uh, he he's tried to keep his composure here, but uh, you can when uh, Ginobili comes out, you know that uh, they are extremely frustrated down there. With uh, he's because he's been cleared to play for what six weeks? Or I think so. Like yeah, that. yeah, he's just not playing. Uh, very uh, very odd. Uh, so uh, next time you're bad mouthing uh, Andrew Wiggins, at least he plays 82 games a year. Okay, don't <laughs> complain about that. 82 games a year. I think he's missed one. Right. Wiggins? I think he's missed one. Yeah, I think he's missed one game since he's been at Timberwolves. Yeah, so, you know, uh, I think it was last season, early last missed, season. Missed yeah. one, yep. 
All right, we uh, shall return this day in history. And if Manny found sound on this one, we're going to be very impressed. Is we'll be on the air. And now, this day in history, Patrick. On this day in history, in 1952, uh, legendary disc jockey Alan Freed, the uh, self-styled father of rock and roll, put on the first ever rock concert. It was called the Moon Dog Show, and it was in Cleveland, and it was uh, near the Cleveland Arena. It was outside the Cleveland Arena, uh, and... The main uh, acts were, of course, you remember Paul Williams and his Hucklebuckers, don't oh, you? Who could forget? But this is Tiny Grimes, G-R-I-M-E-S, and the Rocking Highlanders. Now it sounds more like uh, it sounds more like jazz, doesn't it, than rock and roll? It does, yes. But here's what you got: you got to look up on YouTube, Tiny Grimes and the Rocking Highlanders. A black instrumental group that performed in Scottish kilts. Wow. you got to watch these guys. This is fantastic. Uh, they had a big problem, though. There was massive ticket counterfeiting, and uh, 20,000 people showed up in an arena with a capacity of 10,000 and didn't buy their tickets, and they lost all kinds of money. Uh, but... Uh, Alan Freed still considers it a success because it got rock and roll rolling as a concert venue. We shall return. Seth Stowes will be here with us to talk about minor leagues with the Twins.